in 86. Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. It's hard to take you seriously, sir. Yeah. Wearing those uh, cute little cat ears. I found them on the ground. Yep. <laughs> Looks good. No, leave him on, leave him on, leave him on. Leave you him said on. you were having a hard time taking me seriously. Well, I don't think that's going to change when you take the fucking cat ears off. Ooh, burn of the week. <laughs> yeah, that was a burn of the week. I'm going to describe a scene to you. We're diving right into things, huh? I'm going to describe a scene okay. from the Babysitter's Club novels. Okay. And you tell me whether it happened in this book. Okay. Or has never happened. Wow, okay. The girls of the Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Stacy, Claudia, um, Marianne, and Christy mm-hmm. are all at a roller skating rink together. Okay, and they're all kind of going around uh-huh. the going rink. Around the rink. Clearly, Marianne's not great on her skates, and kind of needs to hold onto the other girls. So okay. they're in kind of like a tight little pack. Yep. Mar- Despite that, Marianne slips and falls, mm-hmm. and kind of like. Goes down laughing as she like tries to regain her feet, and Claudia spins around. Mm-hmm. Claudia's wearing a pink fedora and a vest. Okay, and she kind of spins around and tries to help Marianne up, mm-hmm. and they're all just kind of laughing and having a good time. Did that happen in this book? Absolutely not. Why is it the fucking cover of this book? Whoa, <laughs> what? Fucking hell! It's the cover art on this book. Let me look at this. <laughs> that was a good setup. Because I was like, that sounds like something that would happen in a Babysitter's Club book. It doesn't happen in this one. does not happen in this book. That's false advertising, Anne. Nothing beats your friends, but even so is the tagline. That's weird. They never go to a roller rink. If, the, I, was, if I was a consumer yeah, perusing book covers and I'm like, you're like oh, oh, man, this one I looks read, interesting. Yeah, I read, I read number 45. That was a, that was a good one. But uh, I, you know, I just kind of skip around. But uh, this... Uh, Roller skating hijinks. That seems like a lot of fun. That looks like a pratfall. I right. love a good pratfall. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this one. And then I spend hour reading Yeah. <laughs> Literal hour of yeah. your life. <laughs> reading all one hundred and ninety pages yeah. of this book. I'm on like page one eighty nine. It's like, well, I hope they're headed to the roller rink pretty soon. They don't go to the roller rink in this book. No. They don't even talk about it. No. They don't even hang out. No. In this book. They go to a fucking meeting. Right. Wow. I hope you're proud of yourself, Hodges. That's Hodges Swallow, isn't it? Yeah. We'll uh we'll reach out to Hodges. Yeah. Get a little get a little uh You know who else I'm angry at, Jack? What? Ugh. Who? I'm angry at Hodges. Yeah. For that <laughs> cover art. Yep. Obviously. Yep. Who wouldn't be? Furious. This is the first time that's happened. I'm very, very upset with Anne. Okay. And Anne you and I have been on thin ice before mm-hmm. and we've made it through yeah but this week you took away i would say some of the most important characters in these books oh yeah with that's... no no explanation yeah that's true they're just gone tanner yeah before we get to that hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club club uh, got it you got it you got it in there a podcast in which i jack shepherd and i tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of saint anne Matthews Martin, Princess of Princeton. <laughs> this week, we read a book called Marianne, Mrs. Logan. Mm-hmm. Marianne, comma, Mrs. Logan. Marianne, Mrs. Logan. 
Right. A lot to unpack in Last the title. Last week she was Marianne, Miss Spear. <laughs> yeah. This week. Spoiler. Yeah. She's Marianne, Mrs. Logan by the end of this book. Um, let's let's get right back into the into the chop, as you like to say. Anne took away without any explanation a beloved family, a, a family of two happily married parents and two wonderful, dynamic kids. Oh, and it's the balance, Jack. They're great. They're great. Four hundred dollar cat. Yeah, and is it, they have a dog as well. They got a, so. they got an expensive pup as well. It's the Delaney's. It's the Delaney's. Amanda and Max, Max Delaney yeah. are gone. Just gone. No explanation. And their mansion across the street from Christie is now occupied by a new family who gets a lot of airtime in this book. Yeah. But what about the Delaney's? Yep. It's the balance. It must be right. Yeah. We have we have a new baby in Andrea Prezioso. Right. So they had to get rid of. It's one in, one out. That's how Anne likes to do things. And we have a new love in... Marianne and Logan. A renewed love. A renewed love. So Mr. and Mrs. Delaney are out. Yeah. And and they're beautiful kids. Right. The Delaney's, I will also remind you, in the Little Sister books are... Amanda Delaney is Karen Brewer's best friend. No. One of the Delaney's is Karen Annie Brewer. Annie Papadakis is... Isn't she down with a Delaney? Yeah, Amanda and Hanny don't get along. Amanda and Hanny don't get along. Right. Amanda and Karen kind of. Yeah, I just wouldn't describe them as best friends. On again, off again. Yeah. I would say top two. Okay. I would say probably Andrew is top. I would say it's Hanny, Andrew, David, Michael. You wouldn't know it the way Karen treats Hanny in those little sister books. It's kind of a toad. She's calling her a toad. (laughs) She's constantly calling her a toad. Yeah. All right. Well. One in, one out. The Delaney's it, were just the sole focus of a book like three books ago. Yeah. They have a pool in their backyard now, and everyone was excited to come over and swim in it. Right. That was, that that, was the Delaney's. That whole book that used water as a metaphor. Huh. And the the pool was the lens through which Anne chose to show us that, the Delaney's pool. I thought that was still developing, but I guess not. Oh, apparently not. Okay, bye Delaney's. Uh, just gone. Just fucking gone. And replaced by... Sky Melody and Bill Corman. Great. Not not even cold in their graves. And these assholes are wandering around in the Delaney's house, refusing to have a cat. All with their their Burning Man names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Two thirds Burning Man names. <laughs> Bill is like how every like hipster in Brooklyn is now naming their kids like uh henry and oh right it's like kind of ironic. arnold yeah. yeah it's like an old timey name it's probably not short for anus, anus. Like the oh yeah ghost in don's house yep the ghost at don's house is named anus baby yeah. nation just to refresh the old memories they remember yeah <laughs> i think uh, if you and sarah ever decide to have a kid mm-hmm. a sly nod to the babysitter's club would be to call it anus. Yeah, anus. Anus Shepherd. E N O S Shepherd. Yeah. Anus Shepherd. <laughs> Will you be the Godfather? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'm touched. Yeah. Ugh. Anus Matthews Shepherd. Yeah. That's good, man. You get to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come to the meeting. I have to go to my godson Anus's christening. <laughs> I have to go to Anus's christening. <laughs> Anus is getting christened, uh, so unfortunately... <laughs> really have to be there. 
Good. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, sh- shall we, sir, describe this novel for Can I tell you something? Okay. My new favorite thing is looking at who she dedicates these books to. Yeah, I mean Because it's it. different every week. Yeah. Guess who got the nod this week, Jack? Was it her sister? Nope, you and me. Wait, real? This book is dedicated to you and me. Oh, finally, Anne. Thank you. She's been listening for long enough that it was time she threw us a little bone. Yeah. Yeah. This one is dedicated for Joe, Monica, and, quote, the boys. The boys. That's us. That's That's literally us. Yeah. Wow. Who the fuck are Joe and Monica? Don't know. Maybe the people who take over for us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. When this podcast, like, kind of kind of runs into the ground yeah around episode 40 48 right 49 right coming up on uh, the big five oh tanner good it yeah. means we've been doing this for one year it means we've been doing this for almost exactly we've dedicated our our time and patience to this for one whole year we that means that we've read a babysitter's club book at least once a week for a year um should we describe these books Oh, yeah. Should we describe this book? Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely should do that. Okay. Why don't... I think you should do it this week. Okay. Why don't I give it a whirl? Yeah. And after I've described the book, if you see any little bits and bobs that I may have missed out, you can kind of fill them in. I think you're capable. You think I can do it all? I think so. All right. Well, let's... We'll play it by ear. I'll describe it if there's anything I missed. I think if you're straightforward and honest... you're looking at me right now. Do do I look like the kind of guy who's going to try to flower it up? I look like the kind of guy who's going to give it to you straight. Okay. I'm going to give this book to you straight. If there's anything that I miss, you can be a cleanup hitter. I'll put 60 seconds on a clock. You fill in the details. Sound good? Uh-huh. Oh, oh great. So you're yawning already and I haven't even started. Is it? Is that – that's your prep for listening to my description of the book? Baby Nation, I can now confirm that Tanner is looks very comfortable. He's leaned all the way back from his microphone against my dress shirts in my closet, uh, which is his part of this little recording studio, and uh, he's taking a little uh, taking a little nap. So, can you try to keep your voice down? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you have n- no other role to play during this description than to pay attention. Mm, that's. Uh, a big ask. Look interested. And when I'm finished, and this is the key one, you can think about this while I'm talking, say something nice and relevant about what I've said. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to begin now. The second Marianne said goodbye to Logan, she knew that she had made the greatest mistake of her life. And that second seemed to stretch on forever as the man she ached for turned to walk away from the shattered ruins of the life they'd built together. But slowly, at first, painfully, the seconds turned to minutes, the minutes to hours, and the hours into days and weeks, as Marianne picked up the pieces of her broken heart and learned to smile again, to hope, to love. Now, a lifetime later, A chance encounter in a group project brings Marianne's past crashing back into focus as the man who lit up her life and then left her in darkness has returned to make her confront a truth she had taught herself to avoid. Marianne. 
Mrs. Logan. I thought your description was very good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you listen to it? It's okay, man. It's fine. It's not just for you that I do this. I do this for the baby nation. They want to know what happened in these books. I'm here to. I'm here to deliver. Marianne, Mrs. Logan. Mm-hmm. How about I put sixty seconds on this clock? The that big I have? bad clock. Oh, it's got a theme song now. <laughs> yeah, it sounded good. I'm gonna put sixty seconds on a big bad clock, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have you fill in the details of what happened in this novel. Marianne, Mrs. Logan. I'm going to start right now. Go. Now. Start. There's a new snake in the grass. Yeah. And her name is Cokie Mason. Yeah. Stony Brook Middle School is doing this weird thing where all the eighth graders all do projects together across homerooms so you can get paired up with any eighth grader uh, to do reports on authors. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. Marianne (laughs) gets put into a a group with um, Pete Black, old favorite. Uh, Logan Bruno, an ex-flame of hers, and Cokie Mason, Snake in the Grass. Uh, they do a report on some made-up author, and Cokie doesn't do any work, and neither does Logan. And it turns out that Cokie just ent- uh, got switched into the group so that she could pursue Logan romantically. They go on a lot of dates together. Um, it finally comes out that Logan does do his assignment and Cokie doesn't and Cokie's embarrassed in front of the author who comes to Stony Brook Middle School for author day. There's a B plot too, where <laughs> the new kids who move into Delaney's house are afraid of a monster who's called the toilet monster and he lives in the toilet. Wow. That was a real cheat. You went at least 15 seconds over time. I gave you, counted you down. Yeah, too complacent. There's a lot. There's the main plot of this book with Marianne and Logan and Cokie is very intriguing and and it's compelling. Yeah, and the the toilet monster stuff is good too. But like, I really wanted to make sure I got all the facets of yeah. the the love triangle. I can't blame you. You did your best. And I was saying this to you earlier. This is a particularly difficult text. Right. What Anne is doing here. I guess it's our job to try to unravel, but it is one of her more complex pieces out of the 47 or so that we've read. The A plot and the B plot always speak to each other in these texts. Right. But in this case, we've got a toilet monster. The The kids are worried that there's a monster in the toilet. Right. I'm not trying to be crass. That's literally – this is what, what we're here to do. We're here to talk about what happens in the novel and that right. there's a some kind of a toilet monster. You think just saying the word toilet is crass. It certainly is. <laughs> okay jack you're an american citizen now yeah yeah we talk about toilets yeah we would say in england uh the loo yeah i when i was in australia a few years ago Mm -hmm. uh working with our colleagues down there Mm -hmm. at some point i said to our colleague simon i need to go use the restroom and he burst out (laughs) in laughter and he said why do you call it a restroom are you going in there to rest (laughs) yeah um, yeah, I'm sure in Australia they call it, like, the shit zone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you mean the shit zone, Tanner? It's good. It's uh, xenophobic and a bad impression, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, good, good. There's a toilet monster. Then there's Cokie Mason. We need we need to figure out whether or not or how these plots speak to each other, why Anne uh, and her stable of writers chose to include both of these plots in the same book. Yes, I mean, maybe the toilet monster is a metaphor for Cokie Mason. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little on the nose. 
Okay. I mean, okay. Should we the, take the A plot is the classic love triangle. Yeah. Koki loves Logan. Koki loves Logan. Someone else loves Logan. Marianne loves Logan. Marianne misses Logan. Right. Logan. Who knows what Logan does, man? Logan's he's kind a, of playing the field a little a bit. He's a free agent. Right. He'll he'll say yes to a date with anyone who asks him. Oh, it's pissed me off. Yeah. So Koki asks Logan on a date. They're on. A, they're working on a group project together. And in front of Marianne, Koki says, "Logan, would you like to go to a movie sometime?" Oh man. And Logan says yes. And it's like, dude, Logan, you've been there for all of Koki's like crazy cruel bullshit. pranks. Yeah. In fact, you've been a victim of some of them. He's never a victim. Koki's pranks. He was there for the the cemetery thing. He just like kind of was randomly there. But he was there. He saw it. He saw the damage that this horrible girl can do. And he was still like, duh, sure, Koki, I'd love to go out with you. God, he's so stupid. Boys are stupid. Well, and he just sees like a, a pretty set of eyes batting its eyelashes at him. Yeah. And he's like, duh, shucks. He's like, oh, shucks, I'll go to a movie with you, Koki. Yeah. And he has a good time. That, was, that got South African. And African-American. he keeps going on dates with her. Yeah, he keeps going on dates with her. They have, I think they have a nice time. I think that Koki... I don't want to play devil's advocate for Koki, uh, literally, okay. because she's the devil. I don't want to play toilet's advocate with Koki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play toilet monster's advocate <laughs> here, but she gives Logan what Marianne never could give, which is she wants to go like watch the Stony Brook High play baseball. Right. She wants to she wants to go see the latest movie and then the next latest movie and like just go to get pizza every fucking night. She's got a lust for life. She's, She's got, got a, a lust, lust for, for Logan and a lust for life. And you were not wrong, my friend, to describe her as a new snake in the grass. You you I assume noticed that Anne, whenever she refers to Koki, uses snake metaphors. Marianne does. Yeah. Well, through Anne through Marianne. Uh-huh. <laughs> I changed my mind. Koki wasn't just any old snake. She was a viper. I also knew that Koki couldn't care less about Megan Reinhardt. That's the uh, author that they do their group project on. The person she cared about was Logan. What a snake. What a snake. What a snake. Right. So I don't know if that's transference. We know from previous books that Logan, Logan Bruno is a snake in the grass. Right. Waiting to strike. Yeah. So it makes sense that Logan and Koki get along so well. You think so? They're both snakes. Do you think... I don't know anything. I'm not a snake scientist. Well, we should get one on the fucking show. Do snakes get along? I don't think snakes really travel in packs. <laughs> I would bet that snakes get along better with each other yeah. than they do with, say, bunny rabbits. Okay. You're saying Marianne's a bunny rabbit. Yeah, she's a little bunny rabbit. The whole point of this book, Jack, the whole, like, my tearful moment, my... <gasps> <gasps> Is what? What? Marianne reclaiming her identity and like asserting herself to this world? Yeah, and it's pretty offensive that you would call her a bunny rabbit after all this. No, I think there's some truth to that. Can I read my tearful moment? Sure. Let's let's get let's go there. It's the first paragraph of the last chapter. Yeah, her and Logan are back together. Mm -hmm. Spoiler. Right. She's made it through. She's done this entire group project Mm -hmm. by herself. Essentially, she goes up in front of her hero megan reinhardt and delivers a presentation on her mm-hmm. to her right which goes off like gangbusters very well right yep so she's really reclaimed who marianne is and the, she says i never once doubted that logan would call me that next day this is after they go on their first date the old marianne might have the old marianne who is rarely able to stand up for herself 
to say what she really wanted or really felt, who hadn't survived working in a group that included Logan and Koki, who hadn't given a talk to hundreds of people and heard applause when she finished, who hadn't met a famous author and been complimented by her, the new Marianne, the one who had done all those things and survived life without Logan, the new Marianne was confident that he would phone. And he did. He certainly fucking did. That's the new Marianne. We have a new Marianne, Jack. She's not a bunny rabbit. Yeah, well, and in fairness... She's a mongoose. I, oh, shit, that's good. She's a fucking mongoose. She goes after what she wants, including snakes. Wow. The previous book that featured Marianne and Logan's relationship was called Marianne versus Logan. Right. And Marianne makes this very strong choice to get rid of him, to cast the snake out of the garden. Right. So it's not unreasonable to question under what terms has she accepted him back? What does it mean? Does this go back on this incredible brave act that she made to walk away? I don't think so. Or is she taking power back? She's taking power back, and I have a very simple proof for that. Okay. The very first book where Marianne and Logan meet, do you remember what the title was? Yeah, Logan Likes Marianne. Right. Mm -hmm. Logan Likes Marianne. Logan likes Logan Mary. is in charge. Oh, that's good stuff. Logan commands Marianne. Yeah. The second book where Marianne takes back some of that control and forces Logan out of her life, forces the, the snake in the grass out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Marianne versus Logan. Wow. She's the primary. Yeah. So in this one, it could be either way. Is this Logan like crawling back? Is Logan just kind of going to go back to his old ways? Or is this Marianne like asserting herself, but it's all right there in the title? I love this. I fucking love this. Marianne, Mrs. Logan. Marianne, Mrs. Logan. Right. This is fucking good stuff, Tanner. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Pete Black not the man that Claudia went to the Halloween hop with in Babysitter's Club Book 2? Was Claudia it? and the Phantom Phone Call? Yeah, I guess it was. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can we can Google it up. There's Alan. He's a friend of Alan Gray's. Pete Black, Alan Gray. Come I on, don't want to get this wrong because I know that there are, there are baby bees who have a really really deep knowledge of this kind of stuff. Ooh, and boy. <laughs> what I searched Pete Black. Yeah, just to, if I could find like a Babysitters Club wikia about him or something. Uh huh. Pete Black is a student at Stony Brook Middle School. Oh my God! This look at how long this article is about Pete well, Black. Fucking skim it. He eats lunch at a mixed-gendered table where Claudia and Stacy sit before they start regularly hanging out with the Babysitter's Club girls. In two, he asks Stacy to the Halloween hop. He goes with Stacy to the Halloween hop in, book, in two. book two. All right. Not bad for old Uncle Jacko over here. I got it right. I just spoiled something. Ah, uh, fuck you, man. No, don't read more. I just spoiled something. It's, it's good. What is it? In book 51, he asks. That's coming up. He asks what? Do you want me to tell you or not? Yeah, I can't. I literally exploding wanting to know what the fuck this is. Stacy's New York best friend, Lane Cummings, comes to Lane? Town, and Pete Black asks her to a dance. Wait, is that the book that's called Stacy's Ex-Best Friend? Yes, it's called Stacy's Ex-Best Friend. <gasps> dude, this is too many spoilers. Get off the phone. Oh, Get off the phone. He's such a cool looking dude, too. I had no idea. He's like just such like a bud. No, Look at him. Cool. Oh, he looks cool as hell. He's Baby just Nation. like a bud. Tanner showed me a picture of Pete Black, and it's worth talking about, even though I fucking hate talking about visual shit in this audio medium he looks so cool he's got a v-neck he's got like a ringer t v-neck yeah it's cool it's not who i expected oh uh, and he's doing this he's doing this thing with his hands that's like like the fonzie <laughs> what do you want like, from what, me what what, what what do you want forget about uh, it he's fucking cool as hell Pete black good guy 
What were we talking about? Once was a man. Once, and you know, we all have dark pasts. Used to be a guy who would snap the old bra strap of girls, and I think kind of alienated a lot of people that way. What? Stop reading shit, man. Stop reading future shit. I'm reading so many spoilers. Get off. Get off your phone. He might becomes a real, like, force in these books. Okay, well, get off your fucking phone, dude. Oh, my God. Okay, well, he's a cool dude. He ca- he. This I'm his- all about Pete Black, man. This was his coming out party today. He was yeah. cool as shit. He was fucking very, very cool. He, like, everyone in the group project, by which I mean, I guess, just Marianne. Oh, and I guess the other babysitters that she was talking to about the group project was very wary about Pete Black being part of this project. They right. were like, he's a bra snapper. Right. He snaps bras. It's hugely problematic. It's Huge. difficult. Yep. Yep. It's not cool. This is not a guy you want to spend time with. That's the old Pete Black, man. He's reformed his ways. He's the kind of guy that someone may want to be girlfriends with. Lane. Lane com- I, Lane's a handful. You know what? I'll go as far as saying that he's even presidential material. Do you think? Stony Brook Middle School. Does, wait, does he become president of Stony Brook Middle School? I won't say. Jesus, man. All right, well, Pete Black. Keep an eye on Pete Black. Listen to- Pete Black is the Bruce Wayne of- We have these fucking ancillary characters who are so important. Alan Gray and Pete Black. Right. There's no, sh- there's no shade of gray with Pete Black. Right. All he, black. He's all black. Right. He knows exactly what he's fucking doing. This dude is a bad boy, and he's here to stay. <laughs> oh, my God. Jack. Stop, uh, okay. Tanner's just continuing to Google stuff because apparently- Pete I Black. Wasn't... Alan Gray. Yeah. Non-white. <laughs> Non-white. What do you think of that? I was The saying, original yeah. progenitor of bread theory. Yeah. Non-white. Bread theory. A kind of bread and a kind of bread. I normally tied I into this. The, I explain the theories, but bread theory is your theory. So yeah. I'll, I'll just you do the quick one sentence gloss just yeah. to, to catch the new people up on yeah. bread theory. Just do it now. There's a theory, uh-huh. a pretty prominent theory in <laughs> Babysitters Club lore, Baby Nation, that um, it's all bread. <laughs> it's just bread all the way down. It's pretty much just bread all the way down. And <laughs> yeah. this theory came into being after we noticed a character named Non-White. I wouldn't say we. I would say just it was that was really all on you. N-A-N. All 100% you that noticed. That th- that W H I T E non white non white two kinds of bread yeah non is a bread white is a bread yeah and now non white's got her bready talons <laughs> in this other theory this shade theory yeah with Pete Black and Alan Gray yeah ooh shivers yeah I'm getting shivers <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about the implications of new criticism? And uh, Roland Barthes' seminal essay on the death of the author as it relates to this book. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you you just keep recording. He's leaving the, the room. Shall I just do it? Shall I? Okay. Well, okay. Tanner's gone. Baby Nation. Tanner's gone. He's fucking gone. Ding dong. The witch is dead. Um, as you know, New Criticism begins with I.A. Richards and F.R. Levis and their writings specifically about getting back to the text and trying to get away from historical and cultural and biographical details about the author and instead focus on close reading and the text itself, which I think is in many ways what we do here on this podcast. And that kind of has a culmination in many ways uh, with Roland Barthes, his writing on the death of the author, which is essentially saying, let's stop talking about the author, let's stop talking about the intent of the author, let's stop talking about the biography of the author, and let's start talking about text. 
And Anne, in this book, is making a statement about this that I don't know precisely what it is that she is trying to say. But essentially what she's saying is that what she does is she has Marianne and T. Black and Logan choose as their group project on this author to, instead of talking about the author's works, look into the author's work and determine how her life has affected her writing and how those two things to each other. Which is exactly the opposite of what Archie's trying to say as author, and exactly the opposite of what the project is And for me... Oh, Tanner's back. Thank you for getting me a beer. Tanner, this is a perfect time for you to be back because I just kind of finished my run-up to this. Okay, you can start the recording again. I, Go ahead. You can hit play. No, we're we're recording. I've explained to the Baby Nation shit that you obviously already know because you just skipped out to go to the bathroom about new criticism in Roland Bart and the death of the author. Roll and Bart? <laughs> Both of them? <laughs> Roland Bart. Okay. Marianne and Pete Black. Yeah. Their project is to explore the biographical history of the writer, Megan Trainer. It's not right. Megan Reinhardt. The biographical history of the writer, Megan Reinhardt, and talk about how it relates to the books that she's writing, right? Which is completely against the project of new criticism, as I just explained to the Baby Nation. Get back to the text. Let's not talk about biography. Let's talk about the text. That's what we do here. No, Jack. Back to the text. You're, like, you know what you're doing right now? What? You're fetishizing technique. <laughs> wow. Where did, you, what, where did you get this from? You're you're a technique fetishist. No, it's not about technique. It's not about the text, Jack. It's about the auteur. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, so we can have a healthy. The work about is this. just the product of the the worker. The product doesn't matter. It's the creator. It's and that matters, not the BSC. That's what you're saying. Obviously, Jack. Who do we address personally week after week? Who do we bring all of our our wishes and our hopes and our dreams to? It's Anne. Anne. So you're saying that we've moved past new criticism. We've moved past the death of the author. It's now the primacy of the author. Mm. The author is the text. Yeah. That's what you're saying. It's a new, new criticism. Absolutely. I'm fucking on board, dude. (sighs) Take that, Roll and Bart. (laughs) Both of you. (laughs) Well, you really kind of ripped both me and Roll and Bart a new one today. Yeah. I was ready to fucking, like really teach you something about getting back to the text. You can't teach me shit, man. Not because I have all the knowledge already. Yeah. Because I'm unwilling to learn. (laughs) Well, in some ways, might that not be the same thing? I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Well, we got through the new criticism section way faster than I thought we were going to because I just set it into an empty mic. You don't even need me for this show, man. No, that's good. Just me talking about critical We could probably do this show like Anne and her grad school rejects write these books where clearly we just record our two (laughs) things at different times. Completely separately. And then just patch them together. Like Anne wrote a a beautiful text about like lost love and can it return and can you rekindle a flame right marianne mrs logan and then the scholastic lawyers sent it to some fucking grad school person and they wrote like 50 pages about a toilet monster <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like great stitch it together yeah. we got another hit on our hands cut and print <laughs> we'll start working on the toilet monster shirts now <laughs> <laughs> This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has 
put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i am evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch at any time, no additional charge. Uh, go check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun. Listen, we are here as a service to you, and we are here in service to these books, which is why I have to apologize for being so crude and so crass, but it's what we do. I think we need to address the toilet monster. Okay. There is a toilet monster. <laughs> yeah, there's a toilet monster. It lives in the toilet in the... Cormans. Cormans. New house that they took over from the Delaney's who are barely cold in their fucking graves. Right. They're just sitting there in their coffins. They, they fell disappear. out of Anne's favor. Oh, God. Sorry, Delaney's. There's a toilet monster. There's a toilet monster. Every time they flush the toilet in the Delaney household. Okay. Every time they flush the toilet, the D- Delaney Cormans. children. The, sorry. Cormans. God damn it. Every time. It's hard to let go. The to- it's, so- it's so hard to, to say, say goodbye, goodbye to yesterday. yesterday. Boys to men. I think Boys to Men has a has a pretty strong case against us at this point. <laughs> this is practically a Boys to Men podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the boys, right? Oh, this the one's boys. for the boys. Maybe yeah. that's what she was talking about. No, because I think Boys to Men is B O Y Z. Oh, the Toilet Monster. The, here's the thing about Toilet Monster. The one thing that stood out to me. So these kids, these Corman kids, feel that there may be a monster in the toilet, and it's it's. Sort of justified by the text. It's sort of justified by the text. This is the passage. Like, Baby Nation, we're not obsessing about this. We're not toilet obsessed. We just talk about what we're given. Right. There's a huge amount of talk about this toilet monster. The one part that I want to read that is particularly interesting is as follows. I started downstairs to work on some math problems, says Marianne. Before I had taken two steps, I heard Melody call. Marianne? Yeah? I tiptoed to her room. Are you okay? I can hear the toilet growling. I know. I'll remember to tell your parents about it. Okay, but do you think there really is a toilet monster? (laughs) Melody, you made him up, I exclaimed. Maybe when I made him up, I made him real, says Melody. That is terrifying. This notion 
introduced. I in think this it's empowering. Book. Okay. Think about that. Yeah. You make something up, you make it real. Okay. You could you could make up. No one in the world is hungry anymore. Oh wow! And that's now that's the thing. That's real. I mean, I'll go a step further and say that's already true. Anything you truly believe in, you can make real. Okay. You know. I guess it seems like a lot of work to end world hunger. Well, I'm not thinking about end world hunger, but like think about if you want to like get a really high click through rate on like your email blast newsletter. Like mm-hmm. if you really want to do that, like you can mess around with A/B testing different headlines. Right. You know? Or like see if you can like write something that's a question, that's a question that you have to click through to answer. You're giving away a lot of SEO tips right now <laughs> to Baby Nation. Yeah, but if you really believe in that, right. you can make that happen. Mm. Well, that took a turn that I wasn't expecting. I thought it was interesting that this child can manifest, manifest monsters. Yeah. She made it real by thinking it. It's Does Brewerian. It it's Brewerian. Right. It's Brewerian. It's something Karen can... Brewer has this same ability. Right. She names a monster and it is manifest. Yeah. Right. Well, is that what Marianne is doing in this book? She names Logan again. She like starts off this book. We haven't talked about Logan. Oh, you know what? Fuck, Jack, you're right. Yeah. She says, I miss Logan. I can't stop thinking about Logan. Logan comes back. Suddenly back. They announce these group projects. Yes. She says, I, there's a number of people I would hate to get stuck with. Yeah. Chief among them, Koki Mason. Yeah. She names Koki Mason. Koki Mason is manifest. Right. She says, I miss Logan. She hasn't talked to him since they broke up in Marianne versus Logan. Right. He hasn't appeared. She hasn't even seen him. Right. Suddenly, she starts this book, I miss Logan. He's back. He's back. That's how these two things connect. And does nothing by mistake. She also says, I really hope I'm not in a group with Alan Gray. And yeah. I guess the fates misheard her <laughs> and manifest Pete Black. Yeah, she's super, yeah. yeah. Pretty close. Pete Black, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, black and gray, it's it's a very easy mistake to make. If you're the fates and you have a spreadsheet that's organized by color. Right. So she manifests Logan. Mm-hmm. This, this ties in with your point that this is empowering. It's her will, her desire, her choice. That brings Logan back. She manifests him. Yeah. She's ready to have him back. She's ready to have him back on her terms, which means right. basically doing whatever the fuck she wants. Right. That's powerful. But what do we do with this? Logan is, has been a villain since book 10. He's a snake in the grass. I don't think he's changed his ways. He seems to have acted fairly well. I think he's tricking her. He must be, right? He's like he's so saying slick. like he's so slick. He's like, "Sure, you're in charge now." Okay, Marianne. Okay, Koki, I'll go out with you. Right. And then Marianne's like, "What about me?" And he's like, "Okay, Marianne, I'll go out with you." Right. I'll do whatever sure. you want. Whatever you want, Marianne. Didn't realize I was so upsetting you before. Right. Look into these brown eyes. All you have to do is give me your everlasting soul. That's all I'll, that's I'll do not anything so much you to want. ask. I'll I'll even help you with the group project. Sure. Sure. Why not? Just like my mama used to do. The little girl, Sky Corman, yeah. is afraid of cats. Yeah. The cat people drove Logan and his mom out of Louisville. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the girl is afraid of cats. And this is Marianne. And she says this completely apropos of nothing. They're talking about how they murdered the Delaney's. Yeah. And took their house. Right. 
They're like, oh, my parents like murdered at point blank range the two Delaney's and their beautiful children. At night, we can hear whispers coming from the walls. (laughs) (laughs) And Marion's like, oh, well, tell me more about this house. And Bill says, "Uh, it's a lot bigger than our old house. All sorts of closets and corners and dark places, said Melody. Mommy said we could get a kitten. Sorry, it says next. For some reason, she whispered the word, so I'm going to... Take another pass at that. Okay. Yeah. Use use Anne's stage direction. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy said we could get a kitten. Mommy said we could get a kitten. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> a full body shudder at you <laughs> sinking down into your chair like a little like your stature is smaller. <laughs> Looking up at me with your your big puppy dog eyes and saying blues. Mommy said we will get a kitten. Oh, God, I hated it. <laughs> For some reason, she whispered the word. But Bill and I, dis- but Bill and I decided not no, to. No, stop. <laughs> it would probably get lost. I can't lo- look at you if you're going to do it. <laughs> it, would, it would probably get lost in this house, and we'd never find it. Do you, you want me to leave? All right, I'm done with her part. Okay. You mean? Okay, there's another stage direction. <laughs> Can I do it again? I guess. Because I have to do the stage direction. Yeah. You mean, I said in a spooky voice, the cat monster would get it? (laughs) Why did you? (laughs) I was fine with you doing the spooky voice, but why did you do the, like, can't pronounce your R's thing again? I didn't. You said, you mean, (laughs) the cat monster couldn't get it? (laughs) Is that not spooky? (laughs) Can you imagine if the Babadook couldn't pronounce his R's? Anyway, Marianne, apropos of nothing, brings up a cat monster. That's all. You saw it. I saw it. Cat people are back. Cat people have a relation to Logan. Baby bees, this is An a old thing faction that we have talked about. Reignited. Yeah. In previous episodes, there is a faction in Stony Brook. It's Not called the Cat Brook, People. in Louisville. In Louisville. They haven't made it to Stony Brook yet. That's right. The Brunos are refugees. Yeah. From the fucking cat people. The cat wars. Yeah, from the cat wars. <laughs> oh, man, I really want to flesh that out. <laughs> um, Jack, I was really surprised yeah. to see that you made an appearance in this book. Okay. Uh-huh. Did you Did it. you catch this? No, I missed it. It's right here. They call you Mr. Kingbridge for some reason. I don't totally understand that, but... <laughs> I stood there listening to Mr. Kingbridge say how honored we were to be able to welcome into our school three such distinguished authors as those sitting on the stage, or something like that. In these situations, Mr. Kingbridge becomes a bit wordy. Around royalty, he would probably be reduced to speaking nonsense. (laughs) Whereas turnarounds, our hallowed halls do seek for the greater imperious notions of sanctified nations, blither, blither, blither. Fuck you. I wrote that quote down, too. I thought it was awesome. I thought you would be honored to be included in a Babysitter's Club book. Yeah, what would Roland Barthes say about that in Le Mort d'Auteur? A thing about the death of the author is that in the original French, in Le Mort d'Auteur, one one of the things that's lost in translation is that it's a play on Le Mort d'Arthur. Which is uh, Mallory's famous Arthurian writing about the death of Arthur. 
You're being a real Mr. Kingsbridge. Right now, <laughs> Taylor, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was that your... Run away! Too hard. A little too hard. Is it because you're burpy? It's because I'm feeling <laughs> a little burpy. Was that your burn of the week? It was not. Wow, because it felt pretty burned. It was... You would just friendly fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't my burn of the week. I have a much grander oh. burn of the week. Okay, I've got a little one, and I want to. I want to save mine because I yours is probably small, small it's... person, small burn. <laughs> okay, so why don't you give it's me yours? What we call a one match fire. Yep, mine v- super fucking fast is our boy, our boy Pete Black. You capture this one? Possibly. <laughs> I captured a few good burns. It's Peepwack really coming into his own. Honestly, a better title for this book would be Pete Black. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Black, boy. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, that's it's a good he's... title of a book. <laughs> if I saw, if I was perusing the <laughs> the shelves at Barnes and Noble, and I saw a book that had. Marianne and roller skates falling down as the babysitter's club hoisted her up, and it was just called Pete Black colon boy. I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then you'll be like, I want my fucking money back. Marianne never falls down in roller skates in this entire goddamn book. (laughs) Fucking Hodges. (laughs) For nothing, Hodges. Uh, Do you even read these books, Hodges? I doubt it. Right? I I doubt it, too. Pete Black finally like Pete Black, Black is the one person in this this nightmare group project. Can you imagine being Pete Black? In this I'm group all in project? for Pete Black. I'm man. all in for Pete Black. He's my fucking guy. Fuck Alan Gray. Yeah. Pete Black is the guy. I'm 100 percent on Pete Black's team. I wish yeah that the Babysitters Club was Christy, Claudia, Marianne, <laughs> Don, Jesse, Mal, and Pete Black. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, Stacy moved to New York, oh. but there need to be seven. Yeah. It's Pete Black. No, it's Pete Black. <laughs> yeah. God, that would be good. But it, imagine being Pete Black in this fucking literal hellhole of a group project. Right. It's like Marianne, who is mopey as fuck because she's realized that she's still in love with Logan, who's also in the group project and happens to be a demon like from a land of cat people. <laughs> right. A refugee. A refugee. Right. <laughs> We're still hazy on the details of how that all... The Great Cat War, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Great Our Cat War panned out. Messages from the front are not coming back. Yeah. But he's obviously pretty scarred. Right. And then in this group, you also have, like, criminal mastermind Cokie Mason. Right. Who's in love with Logan right. and just, like... We'll stop at nothing to to get him. We'll stop at nothing. And, like, literally to the extent of sending Christy fingernails in the mail. Previous, oh, yeah, that was Previous her. book. Yeah, that was Cokie fucking Mason. She's Logan she, was around for that, too. Yeah. He's, he's down a few points in my book. <laughs> Pete Black is frustrated with this bad group project. Which book should we choose? Marianne asks that, obviously. And then she says, I think Cokie's brain resides on another planet. Because in answer to my question, she said, Oh, why do we... Each have to have our own copies of the books. Why can't we share? We could read aloud to each other, she added, gazing at Logan. 
Yeah, that's always been my dream, said Pete. <laughs> to read aloud to Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. That's good. Pete up another two points in Pete, the, in who's the just been sit, Sitting there the whole fucking time. Yeah. It's been just sitting there just like literally what the fuck nightmare have I ended up in? Yeah. Like this like crazy love triangle. Like Logan's eyes occasionally like glow red with the fires of hell. Right. And Cokie Mason is a sociopath. Right. And Marianne is just like bursting into tears randomly for unaccountable reasons. And right. here I am just trying to write the fucking biography of Megan Trainer. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> uh Megan Reinhardt. Megan Reinhardt. Megan Reinhardt. Um Your so what's your burn of the week? Do you want to know what my burn of the yeah. week is? Yeah. This entire book <laughs> is a long, yeah, complex con, yeah, set up with the sole intention of burning Cokie Mason, <laughs> or at least the a plot, the Toilet Monster stuff, maybe not. I feel you. I got so much satisfaction out of the passage I'm about to read. The passage that you were about to read, right? So they do this group project. Cokie yep. Mason clearly has no interest. They say, let's all read four books to get, like, a taste of this author. Koki's like, fine, I'll do that. It clearly doesn't. At one point says, like, we all get graded the same grade for this, right? And Marianne's like, yeah, why? She's like, no reason. And Marianne's like, oh, she's not going to do any work. Yeah. She knows that I want a good grade, so I'll do all the work for her. Marianne does all the work for her. But then it's revealed that Megan Reinhardt is coming to Stony Brook Middle School and that this group needs to stand in front of her and the rest of Stony Brook Middle School and read their presentation aloud. So they all agree, we will each read our section. Right. But they don't tell Cokie Mason that. <laughs> they just let her flounder. <laughs> so Pete Black goes up. He's a natural showman, delivers his part of the presentation flawlessly, standing ovation. Everyone's loving it. Marianne goes up. She's a little more nervous. She never looks up. But everyone loves it. Megan loves it. Yep, Megan is seen nodding in the Logan woods. goes up. He did his part. People are into it. Cokie Mason goes up. <coughs> well, <clears throat> began Cokie. I read this really good book by Megan Reinhardt. Then Cokie gave a description of the contents of a short story book. The description sounded familiar. After a few minutes, I recognized it as the summary that was written on the jacket flaps of the book. <laughs> Cokie had copied it word for word. <laughs> Logan recognized it too. He began to whisper along with Koki, powerful, tautly told tales, peopled with an array of unique characters, more often found in. I nearly giggled, then I elbowed Logan. He stopped whispering, but for the next few moments, neither he nor Pete nor I could look at one another. <laughs> it was just like this this complex grift just to set up Koki to embarrass herself in front of all of Stony Brook Middle School and... Megan she, And she almost fucking got away with it. Reinhardt. She had, what, probably 20 minutes in the morning when she actually finally fucking realized that she needed to read in front of the whole school and the author of the books, her part of the group project, and there's right. no way of copying. Yeah. That is a ballsy move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, I have no choice. I'm not going to go up and try to vamp. Right. I'm not going to call in sick. Right. I'm just going to copy down the actual... Back of the jacket. book, the dust jacket, and just read it out. Like, Megan Reinhardt knows what that is. Right, of course. Cokie's making a calculation that, like, well, she's not my teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I don't she know, man. She expelled for that. That's plagiarism. Ugh. Cokie. 
It's a, it's fucking amazing is what it is. Yeah. Well, Cokie Mason lives to fight another day. It's my burn of the week. It's your burn of the week. Can I tell you, Tanner, um, before we wrap up, because it's time to get the fuck out of here, uh, my tearful moment. We did that already. We did that way at the Yeah, and you told app. me yours, and I didn't fucking tell you mine. Well, you missed your chance. No, I'm telling you now. Great. Okay, let's isolate it so I can go and put it back no. 45 minutes ago. Fuck you. Fucking... I'm just going to tell you my fucking tearful note. Can I, can I, can just I tell fucking... you a joke? I'm about to reveal to you something that made me cry. I'm about to fucking bear my heart to you. Hey, Jack. Reaction is What's a henway? About four pounds. About three pounds. Get it? Yes. What's a henway? About three pounds. There's another joke. What's the healthiest thing to feed your brothers? Um, Purina boy chow. What a bad joke. That makes no sense. That's a bad joke, Jesse. Well, so, and also, they're trying to like turn. They're they're trying to it? give Jesse a Jesse new thing. Where like, she likes jokes. Jesse's into jokes. Yeah, and 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 we noticed that Jesse does not have a thing that she likes jokes. Right. That's not come up before. No. This is you a tried new, to this is something you're it in. constructing and. This is a new thing. It's like, as we all know, Jesse loves jokes. Is this going to be Jesse's new thing now, is telling jokes? And then they stole a fucking Henway joke. They stole a Henway joke from the annals of jokes. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I can do as good as that. Right. This is probably the Scholastic Lawyers, almost certainly. You can tell. You can tell in these texts when it's like a Scholastic Lawyer. Oh, God, Jack. It's product placement. Oh, This is the Scholastic Marketing people. It's fucking Purina. Purina. Yeah. They're like, can we get a Purina joke in there? Right. And they're, they're like, we just need a mention. The whatever fucking Purina's like, going to give us fifty k. Yeah, just just some kind of a mention. Like, and the like, whatever like sad like account manager was dealing with it is like, uh, well, this is a book about uh, it's like about boys and girls. It's not about puppies. Just get it in there. And they're like, uh, okay, well, uh, maybe what if you fed Purina to boys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we can do something. Yeah, we, we'll make it work. <laughs> Fuck, now we have to worry about the goddamn Scholastic marketing people, too. Jesus, what a fucking nightmare. It's a war on every front here at Babysitter's (laughs) Club Club. We're going to win because we have the power of Baby Nation behind us. That's true. Listen, here's my two. All right, let's go home, huh? No, I'm going to tell you what made me fucking cry, Tanner. Okay, I did the joke thing as like a distraction to make you forget about your tearful moment. Because no one cares. We have to talk, says Marianne. We ordered Coke's. And then opened the menus. As soon as the waiter had written everything down and had left carrying the menus, Logan said simply, we have to talk. And then at this moment, I got like literal fucking like fear vibes. Yeah. Because when anybody says we have to talk, that is just going to be bad. Right. Like there's no way that that is going to be anything other than bad. So I was shaking. Okay. Just expecting the worst. But she says, I know. Do you want to go first, says Logan. I hesitated. Then I said, all right, and drew in a shaky breath. I miss you. Well, Tanner's gone to, you you went to sleep? I guess. Didn't that fucking get you, man? No. We knew this was coming. That didn't fucking get you? No, I saw this coming a million miles away. The second, the second they broke up in Marianne versus Logan, it's like, great, I give it five books. (laughs) I think it was probably about five books. It was about two weeks in Stony Brook time. Yeah. Well, they're it back. It was long enough for the Delaney's to die. <laughs> oh, fuck. God, that f- fucking family. Look, they were snobs, man. 
There were snobs, but... Wait, were they the snobs? No, the Kilborns were the snobs. No, but the Delaney's were among the snobs. They're the ones with the $400 cat. Right. What happened to the cat? It's probably dead. A thing that we haven't read at all. Like, we've read the spinoff stuff. We read the super specials. We read the Little Sister books. Yeah. We've never read the Babysitter's Club Mysteries. Do you think there's a Babysitter's Club Mystery that's called, like... Claudia. Tanner Google. That's called. Absolutely has to. Claudia and the quadruple murder. And it's the fucking Delaney's, like, last stand. Did you just Google Claudia and the quadruple murder? I did. Nothing's coming up. Maybe the canon of the Sitterverse shares a canon with the Purge series of movies. That actually makes a lot of yeah. sense. And the Delaney's, who were these kind of like rich fat cats. Oh, they just got purged. Yeah. Yeah. That I think happens. So. Yep. And that's why it's like kind of glossed over very quickly. Yeah. It's like, oh, we all know what happened to the Delaney's. Yeah. We all, yeah. Purged. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking purge is what happened. <laughs> Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Great. I'm looking at my notes and I wrote down Purina Boy Chow. Covered uh-huh. that one. Uh, you and I have, have really locked in. It's like when <laughs> two young women live together long enough and their cycles sync up. Okay. Oh, uh-huh. yep, that's their true. menstrual cycle. Yep, that's true of us. Why do you look so uncomfortable I, right now? I feel fine about it, and I think that's what's happening with you us. You seem uncomfortable. A version of that is happening with us, and I accept that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Baby Nation. Thank you for listening. This week, I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenring. This week, we read a book called Marianne, Mrs. Logan. Next week, we're going to be reading a book called Mallory on Strike. I don't know why I said, said it that way. It doesn't necessarily have a question mark on the end of it. But I think we're reading a book called Mallory on Strike. Claudia is wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. <laughs> Break. <coughs> Good. You can you can use that in the outtake. <laughs> except don't, because it's really gross. <laughs> um.